Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What will the Raptors do this offseason? How close will this Wizard Celtics series get? Can the Spurs slow down the Rockets? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. And we're also broadcasting live on uh uh, Periscope right now, and thanks for joining us. As always, I'm joined by Coach Dave, Dave Dufour, and he's in studio. It's always great to have him in person. We're going to try doing a pod in, you know, in real life, which is exciting. Um, a lot of basketball over the last couple of days, Dave. Yeah. And uh, a lot to talk about, so I guess we should kind of jump in here, right? Are you enjoying your time in L.A., by the way? Oh, wow, I love L.A. L.A. We LA love is it. fantastic. I did not mute my watch, but... Yeah, LA is fantastic. Uh, it's a great place, and I've had some weird weather, um, so so that's uh, interesting, right? Like all this rain since I've been here. Yep, is uh, is pretty great. But uh, we did have great steak last night, Taylor Steakhouse. Yep, and great pizza tonight, and uh, just really a, the diet is not uh, helping me right now. Oh yeah, no, that's okay. Well, you know, when I'm in town, we'll just we'll we'll blow out our diet and we'll get back on it when we <laughs> okay. leave. Great. Well, here we are, and uh, let's get into some of these games because uh, yesterday we had a couple. We had one, the Warriors. Warriors and Jazz. And, uh, you know, George, no George Hill for the Jazz. I just, you know, they don't, they don't really stand much of a chance against the Warriors. They did keep it close until, until the end, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the Warriors are the Warriors. And, I mean, they're going to sweep this series, and, it, and I, I just... I don't know if anyone's going to beat them in right. the postseason. Yeah, and they, and they they had an off shooting night, and they just they finally kind of got it on track uh, enough at the end to just you know win going away, <clears throat> and that's what you got to hope for. And certainly a lot of the shots, like Seth didn't make a three for a while, and uh, you know they were all good shots though. So it wasn't like you know a lot of them were. Some of them were just sort of forced. Like I missed a few shots. I'm just going to have to take one and hope it goes in to get me going. But um, yeah, they have too much. The speed is again like we said too much for the Jazz. And, you know, without George Hill to help them, you know, sort of uh, control the tempo a little bit better and another defender they can use out there, uh, yeah, they're just, it's not, it's kind of a hopeless cause. It's one of those things where they got to the second round, it's good experience for the Jazz. Uh, they should be able to build on this, and then the only question now is, like, what's this team going to look like, you know, going forward? I mean, they, they could be losing George Hill. They could be losing Gordon Hayward. They may trade Derek Favors. Um, it, it definitely could be a completely different team by next season. Yeah, which is almost like too bad because you think their trajectory is they're forging their identity, they're learning how to play together under duress, and that it, you know you come back ready to go. But it, it's a weird mixture of sort of like older veterans like the Diaz and Joe Johnsons with you know these younger guys. They're, it's kind of an interesting span. It just doesn't seem like they're built to like grow together. I mean, when they were so when they were putting this team together. They didn't know Rudy Gobert was going to be Rudy Gobert. They, I don't know, you know. 
I think they thought Alec Burks was going to be more than what he is. Like, so they've got some money in some weird places, right? Uh, like you know, Favors and and Burks and and these guys that really aren't going to be key pieces. You you hope that Trey Lyle is is going to turn into something. Um, Dante Exum. Uh, yeah, they, they've got some really interesting pieces. It's just what's going to happen this summer, right? And Dante Exum never quite got on track this year, and I think they have a lot of high hopes for him. And quite frankly, I haven't seen much. Uh, to really feel like he's going to be aggressive enough and, and confident enough to really do it. But who knows if it's just like still overcoming the knee, missing that first year, and like, you know, he'll hit the ground running with a better or different role. Not being able to shoot. And not being able to shoot. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah. You know, because you can see it in, in the way they play, and it affects the entire game. I don't, know, I don't think it affects the, off- the defensive side necessarily, but there's something about it, the offense, that you just know they can back off of him, and he's a little hesitant, and it's frustrating. So the only question is, can he improve that? And, you know, it's, it yeah. probably is the one thing that, that players do improve, but it seems like it's later in their career. Yeah. And then on the other side, the other bench, um, the Warriors. It, it seems like their biggest question mark is, uh, you know, Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, the, our guess is that, you know, he, he had a back procedure done the other day. My guess would be that he's probably done for the playoffs. And who knows what that means for next season. Like, we, we you know, we hope hope the best and that he comes back healthy and yeah able to do stuff. But, you know, it's, uh, it's not a great situation. And, you know, you and I have talked extensively about the difference that, from going from Steve Kerr to Mike Brown. And it's more in-game adjustment things than, than the big picture stuff. It's just the little things that, that Steve Kerr maybe has a better feel for with this team than Mike Brown, and, and that puts him at a bit of a disadvantage. But I don't know that they're gonna even, that's even going to come into play. They're just so good. Right. I don't, yeah, I don't know if it will either. You know, it's unfortunate. It's Steve Kerr's baby. This is his vision. You know, this is the team that he, you know, they, they put together for him to, you know, to, to guide. And everything they do is based on what he developed. So it's just, um, yeah, it's just hopefully they'll, they'll figure it out. It sounds like they figure it out, then the symptoms go away, and he's fine. He's ready to go. Yeah. But who knows when that happens. So, um, you know, so going forward, they're going to be looking at either playing, you know, we just had a game tonight between the uh, Spurs and the Rockets. And uh, I think they're going to have the benefit of a lot of rest. Yeah. Uh, because this, I think the Rockets and Spurs are going to go seven games. Yeah. I mean, they... they certainly are neck and neck although the games aren't close right you know every game in in the uh second round so far has been decided by over 10 points is that right yeah we're up to like what how many games three three uh yeah we're up to 14 games decided by 10 points or more okay huh interesting Uh, well, uh, that's that. Yeah, and that's you know. So each team has their own hopes, and, and you know they I can they hit them here and they got them back. Um, it's interesting. So you know, so we got, pretty much have it solidified at this point with um, uh, the okay the, with the Warriors getting through, we, and we're going to figure out what's going on there. And let's flip over to the first game today, just yeah. to talk about that for a minute, which would be. The first game was Celtics in the uh, no, it was Cavs. Oh, Cavs, Cavs, uh, Raptors. Raptors. Okay, so we now we we got through that one. So we had that. That's the number two um, versus number. What were the Raptors? Three. They were the three seed. Yeah. So yes, and so it was a sweep, uh, a really big step back, a, a real big problem because they didn't have Kyle Lowry. But do we really think they had a chance with Kyle Lowry? No. 
I mean, he played the first two games. Yeah, you and I, we, we were dead wrong on this. We, we thought getting P.J. Tucker, getting Serge Ibaka would really help them, um, but their defense was really bad, and they weren't able to take advantage of Cleveland's poor defense. Right. They weren't attacking in transition. They, you know, they weren't making shots, and we've talked about this. You know, I feel like this is, like, if you had the, the, the B-Ball Breakdown podcast drinking game, Right. Now's the time to drink. drink because we're going to talk about how the Raptors offense only generates really tough looks. Yeah. Those mid-rangers that, you know, people used to love. And so, you know, when you get to the playoffs and and your rotations shorten and guys are maybe getting a little bit more tired in game and, and the defense is tightening up, those those looks that were tough in the regular season are now nearly impossible. Right. Yeah, and because it's a better defenders, more pressure. Uh, and also, the, the biggest problem I had was, okay, fine, they want to take tough shots, this is what they do, they were good at them, fine. But they did not attack in the half court where they needed to, and primarily Kevin Love. And they actually did get Serge Ibaka jump shots that were sort of out of tertiary action after the fact that worked, and he nailed them, but it was like, Serge Ibaka is a fantastic pick-and-pop guy. Fantastic. And they never did it. Like, almost like they tried to do the opposite. Like, I don't know what they were thinking or what they wanted to do, but it was the opposite of what they could have done to get him involved. And, yet, and so, so Kevin Love gets a free pass, and so they're not scoring there. And then they couldn't stop him at all either. That was the other problem. They, they don't, they, the defense wasn't good. Now, Ibaka has you know, individual defensive abilities, and he can cover sometimes. But he's not the anchor of the defense. And as a result, uh, it was just a really bad uh, matchup for them. They couldn't do it. And, I mean, frankly, they, they, they were never going to do it. There's a ceiling to this team with Lowry and with DeRozan. I hate to say it, but it, it is. Uh, and we've seen it, and they've hit it. Yeah. I think that you just kind of hit the nail on the head. And uh, Lowry is a free agent. Ibaka is a free agent. Although I think Ibaka stays. Uh, I think he's more, more definite to stay than Lowry. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't stay if I were Lowry. I wouldn't want to stick around and play alongside DeRozan, though, yeah, to, I would, to, to be honest with you. I would split if I were him. But, uh, yeah, it's, they're, they're going to also have a very interesting summer. Um, yeah. Oh, they, by the way, with, with Toronto, you stay in Toronto, you pay more tax. That's right. So I know it's, that doesn't make up for, like, the fourth, the extra year, isn't that, whatever, but... It probably ends up being somewhat of a consideration. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's sort of like uh, playing in Texas or Miami. You know, like, is it enough that you, you know, are you saving enough money that it makes sense to go there because of the money? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not so sure either. But you know, when you talk about saving money, you know what it reminds me of, Dave? Don't you? Harry's razors. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I'm staring at your dome and you're finally in my, you know, in our studios and it's a really great shave and you actually use it to, to shave your head, don't you? I do. And, you know, most blades only give me one, maybe two shaves and I, I'm managing to get like five or six shaves out of Harry's razors. They're, you know, they're German engineered. Yeah. And it's great because it's a company, these two dudes decided to like buy a factory and make these blades and it's actually like you can like save almost like 50% off of any kind of blades you might buy in the drugstore. So you should really check out harrys.com slash Coach Nick because if you do, they'll get you a trial set for free. And it's an awesome set where you get like razor blade, uh, the blade handle, four blades, shaving cream. It's really great. And then after shaving cream gel, that really makes your skin feel really smooth. So uh, I can't get over how, I seriously can't get over how good it really is. Absolutely. I love Harry's razors. <laughs> right. And uh, so remember, if you can go to harrys.com slash Coach Nick, 
uh, you'll really, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll have a great shave and you'll be able to deliver them to your door. Because it's that weird thing, you know, when they, when they want to, you want to buy razors at a drug store, you have to ask somebody to open up the case for you and all that stuff. You don't want to do that. So have them deliver them right to your door, save a ton of money, harrys.com slash coach Nick, and, you know, get that good shave. Um, but so to the Cavs, the Cavs look pretty good. I mean, LeBron is head and shoulders above everybody else in the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. He's just been outstanding. Hitting the three. Uh, he started to hit the uh, the free throws, you know, after after struggling in the first round. Um, they're they're going to sweep until the finals, right? They're going to sweep the, the next. Ca- round. Uh, wait, wait, we're talking about the Cavs. Talking about the Cavs. No, you don't think the you don't think that the one of these two teams can get him. I, I don't know. All right, so well, let's let's talk. I guess let's talk about the Celtics and and Wizards. Okay. Okay, so. The Celtics are lucky to have not been swept in this series. <laughs> like, yeah, right? Yeah. They stole those two games at home, um, uh, you know, overcoming huge deficits. And I, I think the Wizards are a better team. And maybe they figured something out and figured out how to hold on to these leads. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, they've had these huge runs in almost every game now. Uh, and and, they, and the, the, the effectively ending the game with those. Uh, and the one, the one they had the 22-0 run in the first quarter... Like, the Celtics gave up. Even though it was even for the rest of the game, they pretty much gave up. They didn't have any kind of energy to try and get back in it. And then, yeah, that 26-0 run, I mean, it was insane. The turnovers that the Celtics were committing, some of them were a little handsy, foul, they didn't call, whatever, down the road. But um, it was a, just a barrage. And so, you know, in the context of looking at how fast the, um, the uh, Wizards can score, you know, that's the Achilles heel. That should be right. a big... Big, big thing for the Cavs and an issue. So that's why I think, I mean, they're going to get a game. They might get, like, two games, I would think. I don't know, man. The Cavs are looking really good. And, I mean, it's going to be tough, right? The, the Wizards definitely match up better than the Celtics. If the Celtics somehow win this series against, against the, the Wizards, um, I think it's definitely a sweep. I think the Wiz could probably take a game, maybe two, from the Cavs. But uh, the Cavs are definitely... Uh, or the Wiz are definitely a worse matchup for the Cavaliers. But, like, going back to this series with the Celtics, the Celtics, are, are they the weakest one seed that you can remember? Like, yeah. yeah. Someone asked me that the other day, and I was like, you know, um, I, I never really thought about it because, you, you know, that's a weird designation to be the number right. one seed and to rate them. But, I mean, yeah, certainly in win total, it's probably as low as it's been in a long time, right? And then... Um, yeah, they're not really that good of a team. I mean, they have Isaiah Thomas, uh, who is a singular scorer. Uh, his defense isn't as bad, I don't think, as we all might think uh, individually. But, um, yeah, there's just something there that they, that's lacking, I think. And, you know, they, certainly it's not the coaching side. They, they have a very sound, solid and, foundation. And they have good players. Yeah. There's just something, there's something missing. You know, you and I have talked a lot about, about the creation issue and relying so much on Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. That's an issue. Yeah. Right? Like, not having a secondary creator. I mean, you look at Houston, it feels like everybody on the court can create. Right. You know? Harden creates. Pat Beverly creates. Like, Ariza. Eric Gordon. Ariza, like, tonight was yeah. just insane. Um, Lou Williams. You know, they yeah. got five guys that can legitimately go out there and right. get a shot. And so, um, you know, does Boston have a second one? No. 
I mean, no, Horford, maybe like with his back to the basket. He's getting he shots for other people, but he's not getting his own. Right. And, you know, and that's not his thing. You're right. So they've kind of assembled this team, which, yeah, so I, and it makes sense to me now looking at it, which I might not have been as uh, receptive of it, but like, yeah, that's why they would need that like aggressive second guy. It, it to me is like they need that star, and it's like it might be a star, or it just might be like an aggressive. Like, does Demar Derozan be like a guy that like sort of gives them what they need to, you know? I don't know something. I don't know it's, if he fits there, but yeah, I get what you're getting at. You know, they could they could take one of those next tier guys. And by the way, would Demar Derozan be even better? In a motion offense that Probably. actually helps him create, and then maybe he would be able maybe to shoot, some shoot threes. threes. But again, his, his we all know that his mechanics are such that uh, he likes to hang a little bit, hits a two motion shot. Uh, it's just hard to imagine him ever getting like you know thirty six, thirty seven percent even. Right? I'm not wrong. He's shooting way below that. I'm assuming. Um, yeah, but but one of the things, and I've talked about this before. I think that he doesn't shoot enough threes. I think if he just shot him more, he would probably shoot a higher percentage. Like he shoots like twenty eight percent, but he's only shooting like maybe one point seven a game or something like that. Maybe. So if he just shot four a game, I feel like he'd hit thirty. You right. Know? But even just shooting them when they're there means that they have to guard you. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I think at this point we, we, he's not going to. I mean, uh, I don't know. I guess Powell started shooting threes late in his career, but it seems like if he would have, he would have already done it. But uh, again, and it goes to coaching. Yeah. You know, they, they got Marcus All to start shooting threes, and the coaching said they would really help, and we spread the floor. Well, why can't you get these guys? And that's the other thing is it seems like you know, there's a real coaching issue on the Raptors. To get back to the Raptors really quickly is, is that it's just Dwayne Casey doesn't seem to know or understand or know how to communicate um, you know, a better system of basketball for them to play. I believe that this team could have played better yeah. with a different coach. Well, uh, they could also have played better with a different player. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up DeMar DeRozan's comments about having LeBron James on their team. Right. Um, a lot of people are taking this as a, like, I don't know, some kind of sign of weakness or whatever. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with recognizing that, that LeBron James is the best player in the league. Right? Like, that's not a bad thing. No. It, being self-aware is good. You know? Uh, yeah, I mean, How do you get better if you're not self-aware? Like, if you, right. don't, if you don't know what your weaknesses are, you can't work on them. So... And, and he's frustrated, and they finish, and they're frustrated because it's in in an immovable force that they couldn't handle. So of course, like yeah, it, you know, it, it was a weird. I would like to know what the question was that kind of prompted that answer, but at the very least, uh, yeah, it, it was just a thing that he said, and I don't think it means much to be read into. But uh, yes, of course, anybody's team that you put LeBron on, it will probably win the title. Like that's you know, if you're making the playoffs and you can add LeBron to that, you know, then you're going to probably be the favorite or the second best favorite, like they are now, and. It's, it is what it is. I, I, I wouldn't read too much into it, but uh, yeah. But still, again, you know, does does Lowry want to take exception to that and say, no, man, we don't need him. We're gonna be able to, you know, we want to beat him. We want to, you know, right. whatever. And then I'm out of here because of that. Who knows? Yeah, it's gonna, it's I don't gonna know. be interesting. It is gonna be interesting. All right, so uh, Spurs Rockets, um, the game that that just sort of finished up. Uh, yeah, and my and our my uh, our friend of the program Ryan Blake wants to really hear about. Um, when they were playing Anderson at the five. Yeah. All right. So we talked. I, I brought that up to you, and you couldn't remember it. But um, yeah, Anderson at the five, and then they basically got him, Ariza, Harden, uh, Gordon, and Beverly. Um, and it's just man, that's that is on fire. I need to dig into the numbers to see like what their offensive rating is. But it feels like it's like one fifty. Yeah, and to me, it's like it's Harden at the four. 
Yeah. I, I know it's, you know, it's Anderson the five, but it's Harden at the four. And, and by the way, Anderson would, would conceivably be the best shooting five like in the league. Sure. You know, right? Yeah. Even better like the Embiid and the Carl Anthony Towns yeah. who shoot pretty well. Like Anderson's a different level. Yeah. Um, and it, was, it seemed like a, a war of like who can go smaller tonight. Right. right. And that was really kind of fascinating and to they, watch. They matched him up, you know, Pop matched him up with David Lee. And I just thought that was such a... So frustrated with Greg Popovich, man. Like, Dwayne Dedman can't get in until the game is out of hand. Mm-hmm. He won't play Aldridge with all these athletic guys. Yeah. You know, uh, he, he ran out what was really close to my dream lineup. He had Patty Mills, he had Danny Green, he had Simmons, and he had Kawhi Leonard. But at center, he had... Lee. David Lee. Yeah. I, like... It's I, hard to believe. I can't wrap my head around that. Put in Aldridge, you know? Or put in anybody else. Um, I even said, well, play Kawhi at the five and, you know, bring in uh, Kyle Anderson to play the four or... Right. You know, anybody else. But David yeah, Lee... Let, let Simmons play the four and yeah. play by the five. I mean, that's... By the way, I think... Is that where we're heading? We're going to have... Dejounte Murray, you know? Yeah, we're going to have a longer stretch of time of these hyper-smaller, smaller and smaller lineups. That might be the, where the future is. And by the way, that's interesting because the big men, it's, it's kind of like extinct. Mm-hmm. And that's why the big men have had to go and develop other skills, like guard skills, to be able to play. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise we, we trot out you know, five guys who are about 6'6 six, six each yeah. and let it go. It's one of the mistakes I think uh, OKC made this year was not playing Robertson enough at the four mm-hmm. and kind of st- stretching everyone else around him. Uh, because he he, shoot, he showed last year in the playoffs he could play the four, yeah, you know, no problem. Okay, he still can't shoot, but well, here, here yeah, here, here's my thing. I think about NBA coaches, I, I truly get the sense that there's not a, a whole lot of lineup data uh, attention. I, I truly don't know if they really pay attention. Like I've I've heard coaches talk about like certain lineups they want they they're looking forward to play like in the future in the preseason. Oh, we want to get this lineup like you know, 20 minutes a game. And they don't realize that, like, most lineups, the most played minutes per game is, like, maybe, like, 16 a right. game. And, like, here's one of these, like, here's a special lineup we want to use about 20 minutes a game. Like, wouldn't even be the most played. And, like, like they don't even get a handle on that. And that makes me think, you're not looking at these little five-man lineup data very right. much. And if I had the kind of data they had, you know, at my level, it would be, like, that's all I'd be looking yeah. at. You know, and because like it's already so hard to figure out who to play with whom, and then alchemy. It's like if you're not going to use numbers and the net ratings of these lineups to help you, then I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, you know, they're the analytics are starting to get into the coaching, right? Like it's it's happening. Um, It's a real thing, but there's definitely some like hyper specialized stuff, like the lineup data, which you would think would just be automatic, common sense, useful stuff. It's not. It's not fully embraced. And I mean, like again, man, Pop is the greatest coach in the history of basketball. He's the best. But the idea that I just don't know what it is about him that makes him want to trust David Lee to guard Ryan Anderson. Yeah. And I wonder if there's a question that you can ask Pop about it that wouldn't infuriate him so much. That you he have to do it. it in a weird way. You know, Bill Simmons made a great uh, point about this on on the ring on on the Bill podcast. Simmons podcast the other day where he was talking about getting weird with the questions and like, you know, if you had to describe uh, how your offense was, was going as a wine, what would it be? <laughs> right? Like, and I was like, you know what? That he's onto something there. And That's so it's sort of like, you know, if, if David Lee 
was a protagonist from a book, <laughs> what <laughs> book would he be? You know? <laughs> And, yeah, you know. I would not have the balls to do it that way, but you never know. Like you know, if it's on a TV interview, like you know, when he's in front, or yeah. if it's a scrum where there's just audio, I I, I don't know. Um, that's that's ballsy uh, to even try that. Like I'd have to like have had a relationship with him, I suppose. Yeah. But you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's well, really fascinating. Can you answer me. that question? What? If David Lee was was a character from a book. Uh, the Confederacy of Dunces? Would he be the guy? <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, Lenny from <laughs> A Mice and Men. I don't know. I don't know. Who would David Lee be for you? I don't know. I don't think he would be. I think he would be like some side character that got no time. Ah, I see. You know what, what I mean? Going. Like, yeah, he's, he's like the, the, the Star Trek has, the guy who gets killed in the first five minutes. Right, of Star he's Trek. a red shirt for sure. But he's like no effect on the outcome. The only effect he could have is negative. So it's almost like, at this point, because he was good good this season. I want to give him credit for that. But yeah. he's been bad in the playoffs. Eh. And, yeah, I would, I would, I don't know. Uh, Watson's sidekick. That's actually really good. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> He'd be the sidekick. Yeah, to the, to the sidekick. sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> That's Perfect. a good one. Uh, yeah. Shout out to uh, Luz LaLuna in, uh, in the Periscope chat there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just think, I mean, again, Pop is kind of killing both of us with these weird lineups. And, you know, we talked today at lunch about Dwayne Dedman, and like we were like, there must be something behind the scenes, and, you know, it's, it's impossible for us to speculate. Um, mm-hmm. But I just don't see him coming back next year. Yeah. You know, they might lose Jonathan Simmons. They might lose Patty Mills. Mm-hmm. They, they may try to trade Aldridge. Uh, Manu is probably retiring. Tony Parker's not coming back. Pau Gasol can opt out. You know, I mean, if all of these things happen, it might be best case scenario. Because they could go out and they can, you know, they can grab guys like they'll have free agent money. Right. But Well, they have free agent money anyway, right? With Manu and Parker retire. Yes. And that that should be enough to get a good it's like, I think it's about eighteen million. Oh uh, yeah. So they get the second tier or whatever, which would be fine to pair with Aldridge and, and Kawhi. Uh, but remember but you're right, it's not it's Patty not Mills CP3 is getting money. sixteen mil. Right, it's not CP3 money, it's not uh, even Lowry money. Yeah. So that's a problem. And but, for all the people that, that think Chris Paul in, in San Antonio makes any sense. I, I'm telling you, I, I think he could do it, he's that good. But, you know, you're right, the way he plays today his, is... His personality, really man. Like, he's got, yeah. you know, like, people, nice people don't like to play with him. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, how's that going to do in your culture? Now, if he comes in and, and embraces the culture, okay, maybe it's fine, but I, I just... We don't have any evidence of that. Right. Not to mention that Chris Paul just campaigned to have the rules changed, and he can take a five-year, two hundred four million dollar contract from the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I would pass that up. Right. You know. Oh, I hear you. Get those rings. And they, you know, the question came in like, well, what about his assistants? Aren't they the ones who can like suggest things? And you know, who knows? It, it, it gets dictated from the top on how you approach these things, and it could very well be that like they're not looking at it. I mean, listen. Of course they're looking at it, right? There's no way that these NBA teams with yeah. all the streams of data and whatever are not like looking at the five-man lineup, net rotation, net rating, uh, I, right? Like, just no way. But it just seems like there's a lack of sort of understanding and grasping of that and how they can use it. Now, these games go by so fast, and next thing you know, you're in the fourth quarter and you haven't run the one play you've been working on. And I get it. That all happens. Or foul trouble or whatever, and then or injury, and now your lineups are already screwed up. Uh, so that's also a, you know a factor, but obviously we're second guessing when those, those are not the factors tonight, 
and uh, and the Rockets can just get going. And it doesn't matter if they're on the road. It looks like I mean they did it already once in San Antonio, um, and so that's got to be a really grave concern. Um, did we cover all of them now? Is that the last five? That was, uh, that was it. That's all the games. Three and four. The last four games we've yeah. had. Okay, wow. Yeah, I mean, we that killed was it. A whirlwind, but. Um, you know, so we should probably give an overview of like what we think. So we know the Cavs are going to go to the conference finals. Well, they already are. Right. We know that the Warriors are. are yeah, they're there. on their way. And we just now need to figure out seven games. Wizards, Celtics, probably. I think it's going to go seven. I think the Wizards are going to pull it out. Yeah, and then the Cavs are going to be so well rested. They might they'll, they'll be up three nothing before they get they lose the game. Uh, on the flip side, Warriors same way because this is going seven two. And this is going to be a freaking war. Yeah. You know, and like we, we saw, Harden got hit, injured yeah. a little bit. These guys are going to be nicked up. Nene might, you know, who, who knows what's going Groin injury. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a lingering one. That's really, really going to hurt the Rock. He was playing yeah. so well tonight, too. So uh, that's a coin flip. And by the way, I would say if Nene goes down, the Spurs advance. Oh, yeah. You Absolutely. Know, it still could be like Although seven. Although they still, you know, the game was close uh, after he went out. And then they, they just turned it on. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to go seven. I can't pick a winner. I cannot pick a winner. I just, I just after can't. whoever wins game five. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad way to look I mean, at if, it. You know, if you they know. alternate from here on out, you know. Right, it's, I used to say first. I used to say whoever wins two games in a row first wins that series. But And it used to be almost like 100% of sure. the time. But then in the last, you know, since the three-point era, of the dawn of the three-point era, it hasn't been as a rock-solid of an indication. So... Uh, but I do feel like the Game 5 winner still is. Um, yeah. I mean, especially, I mean, the Spurs are going to be home for Games 5 and 7, or potential Game 7. Yeah. And that's a huge advantage for them. So, I mean, the Spurs have the advantage going in to the last three games as the home team. Right. But, uh, yeah, who knows what happens, man. It's pretty crazy. Um, should we take some questions from Periscope? Do yeah, we have any? Yeah, let's do this. Let's go over there and uh, see. We have, we have a nice, solid core group late night here with us. And, you know, as we start to wrap up our podcast uh, year. What do you guys think of Lowry and Powell back to the Grizzlies? Um, that's interesting. Is Powell is his, his contract is not up? Is it? Well, he could he could opt out. Oh, okay. I, I don't see it happening though. Yeah, because right, right. I think he probably loves the loves San Antonio. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I have no I have no inside information on that. Right. I mean, even the teammates and like remember he, Manu and remember Tony he signed with Chicago because he wanted to be in a big city. Now. San Antonio or Memphis or not, neither no. of those are big cities. Well, but it's also uh, coming home for him from Memphis. It so. would be, and his brother's there. Yeah. And they could play together. They actually would work pretty well on offense. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I, 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 would, I wouldn't overlook that. That'd be yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Now, Kyle doesn't make any sense because they, they just signed Conley to that five-year, $134 million, So Right, right. Uh, Rudy Gay, I don't, I don't even know if he's Rudy Gay. Opt, he's opting in to his contract oh, he because is, okay. he tore his Achilles. Yep. Oh right. How well does Boogie fit with? Uh, oh, it disappeared. Did you see it? How well does Boogie fit with the Pelicans versus the Kings? Um, I don't think he fits with the Pelicans at all. And as a matter of fact, don't be shocked if they try to move him. Yeah. Uh, around the draft. Well, they certainly didn't play any better when he got there. Right. Even though it was, you know it's hard when you throw a guy like that in the middle of the season. Sure. But right, Anthony were, Davis was a lot better with him off the court. Yeah. So that's a that's a thing going forward. I yeah. I, I, I don't know, you know I don't know uh, how much they love Boogie there, and and I wouldn't be shocked if they try to move him at the draft. That's that's all I have. Okay. Um, any other questions here? They they traded their whole team. Where's Blake going? I think he's going back home. OKC. Okay, what? Blake Griffin? No, I don't know about that. 
You don't he, think he can get the most money if he stays in LA? And remember, the Clippers don't have they don't have a path to a rebuild. Yeah. So it's in their best interest to to sign these guys to as much money as they can, right? So okay. you know, I, I think that uh, we see them sign them and then possibly trade them. You know, after December fifteenth. Okay. Yeah. Um, thoughts on Dennis Smith? I have all of his clips queued up. I need to do an edit on him. So. All right. Well, I've seen Dennis Smith in person. Yeah. Um, and he's a freak athlete, and he's now even farther removed from that ACL surgery. Okay. Um, he's got like Russell Westbrook type athleticism, huh? But with a much better jump shot. So we'll see what happens in the NBA. Problem is that NC State didn't really run anything. Yeah. Um, and, and so yeah, I, we'll see what happens when it comes to the NBA. But I expect he's going to be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have it all ready to go. I have, I've watched very little. i got to get it back in my mind's eye. Um, let's see. Does Boston trade for a superstar on draft night, or do they keep their pick? Like, I don't know. I mean, at this point, maybe they just keep the pick. And if it's not like if it's not one or two, maybe they keep it, and then they can trade it after the, after the draft if they want yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. I think that they, they might have missed their window on getting high value for those draft picks. Who knows? And now, and now the problem is they have too many draft picks, right? They, they're going to have too many. They can't sign them all. Yeah, I mean, and they've got, don't forget, they've got Ante Zizic, who's over in the Adriatic League, mm-hmm. killing it. He's coming over next year. He's going to be great. Uh, they've got uh, uh, Yaboselli, who's, who's playing. He played in France, and then he came over and played with the main Red Claws in the D-League, and he's awesome. Okay. Uh, he's a really, really fun player. Like, you would actually like him a lot. Okay. Um Highly recommend digging up some tape. Uh, so they've got like these these other young guys, and I mean Rozier needs more minutes. You know, Rozier, like, yeah, it's been a revelation to yeah. me uh, in the process. And, well, this is part of why, and I and people are gonna this is gonna seem controversial, but it's part of why I'm not opposed to them giving up Isaiah Thomas and trying to get a bigger fish. Now Jalen Brown's not a hurt, right? No, he's playing. Not a lot, I feel like. I feel like um, I don't see him as much. No, he's he's playing a little bit more now than he was. Look, Jalen Brown's going to be really good. Yeah, To I me, like he's him. untouchable for them. Yeah. I wouldn't trade him unless you're getting, like, him and maybe, like, uh, that next year's Nets pick for, like, Jimmy Butler. Right, right. Yeah, no, Jaylen, I know. Jalen's going to be good. He's going to be, like, a top 25 player in a, yeah. in a few years. Yeah, so they have a very bright future. It's a question of, like, which players they right. want to put together well, and how it works. Well, do they want to take a little miniature step back? For like the next year or two, and maybe not, you know, maybe not be as competitive. Maybe not be a top four seed. Maybe be a six seed yeah. with the young guys, right? And use like Horford and Smart and uh, and Crowder Olenek. and Bra- uh, Bradley and Olenek to help bolster the young guys while they're learning. Yeah. This is where like, again I would try to move Isaiah Thomas. Uh, he's he's fantastic, but he's last year's the last year uh, of his cheap deal. He's going to get a lot of money, mm-hmm. and I don't want to pay him that because he's a small guard and he's going to get old on that next contract. And I just don't, I don't trust it. Right. Um, but also, you might bait a team into giving you a good young piece that goes well with the other young pieces that you have. Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, you're looking like the Bucks and the Timberwolves, and you know. Yeah. But you're better because you've got Al Horford and you've got Jay Crowder and. Right. The funny thing about like a guy like Isaiah Thomas is that traditionally in the, in the league, he has been a sixth man microwave off right. the bench. Right. And, you know, I have to wonder a lot of those sixth men, if they had ever gotten the opportunity like Isaiah had to start and get those minutes, they, they probably all would have scored a 27 points a game because uh, they did it in the short minutes. They would score like a point a minute when they play off the bench for the 20 minutes. 
So um, it's an interesting opportunity he's gotten. And so now he's got the taste of it. He ain't going to want to come off the bench anymore. No. And that, that's what you got to wonder. And a really good team, can he be the starter there? Uh, I, I think he could. I think, I, I think you could figure out a way to, to, uh, to make it work for you and make your defense not that right. problematic, I think. Yeah. So uh, if I'm Boston, um, if we get the number one pick, if we get that Nets pick, I'm drafting Markel Fultz. And I'm trying to move Isaiah Thomas because he, he's not going to come off the bench. And I want to give the ball to Fultz. I want to let him. I want to let him work. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then I'm I'm bringing over Zizic and I'm putting him next to Horford and I'm playing Jay Crowder and Avery Bradley. And uh, next thing you know, I've got this crazy team built around a rookie point guard who he might be he might stink sometimes and he might be electric sometimes. Right. But. And that he's cheaper. Your ceiling is high. He can defend better. I, I don't like his defense, but it's no. at least physically. He can get there. He's bigger and he yeah. can handle it. But your more. ceiling is so much higher. Yeah. Right. Like your floor, your your, your floor is probably lower, mm-hmm. but your potential is just through right. the roof. So. Yeah. Well, All right. We have any other questions that we wrap this up? I think uh, we should wrap this up. I yeah. think we're right around thirty minutes. Is John Wall the second best player in the East? Fifth in the scoring this post um, season. Yes. Okay. Uh, do you think that Russ will leave OKC uh, if he doesn't sign the big contract? Uh, no. I think Russ. I think Russ. There's a chance Russ gets traded. Wow, really? Well, look, um, Presti has been been quick to pull the trigger. Remember this contract that he signed? Like he could opt out after next season. Yeah. So next year is really the last year of that deal. I mean, yeah, uh, he's at his peak value right now. That's fascinating. And, All right. And if you're gonna lose him. You mm-hmm. should trade him, right? And so I'm, I'm sure Presti is kind of like figuring out, hey, are we going to lose you or whatever? Yeah, um, I don't know. That'd be really interesting because they could get a good haul for him now. I mean, a really good haul, um, and and maybe I mean, like be right back. How in about the thick Boston? Of things. Right? Like, would Boston trade uh, the number one pick? Yeah, Boston playing for Brad Stevens in that offense. I mean, uh, Russell Westbrook. I mean, it'd geez. be incredible. Uh, but think about it. Isaiah Thomas, the number one pick. Um, Marcus Smart or Jay Crowder. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. can put something together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's something, that's something to think about. If you, and if you guys listen to the pod, uh, if you come up with uh, with any good Russ trades, I'd love to hear them. All right. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll come back at us, us on, Twitter on Twitter and, and let us know. Well, uh, fantastic show. We went through everything. It was pretty crazy stuff. And it's you know great to have you here in studio on the Periscope as well. So uh, we will get back at you guys uh, this week with at least a couple more podcasts. And uh, we'll have some really great videos coming up as well. The dot com's got plenty of things to go through. And um, don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel. We're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Dave? Yes, I am. <laughs>